What's up, everybody? It's fucking fight week, kids. Fucking fight week in Boston. Uh, Boston hosting UFC 292 this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, won't be there. I'm about to go on a rant about that, but uh, just give me a second. It uh, should be a good night of fights. It's a card that kind of got butchered a little bit by uh, some injuries and some other nonsense. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's still a good card uh, all around. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Well, let me just give you a side rant. And, you know, um, if you follow me on Instagram, I, I, I teased this earlier. And I know that everyone's on the red pill shit. And I know that if I mention this, it's it's gonna just it's it's gonna cause a problem because I don't really want to you know get political or or anything like that. But I will say, uh, capitalism has uh, melted a lot of people's brains, and um, I I know when I say the uh, uh, that's the reaction that I'm gonna get. Um, I have to say that. If there's two things that COVID ruined coming out of the pandemic, one is uh, air travel because it never seems, it always seems to be some nonsense going on with air travel these days. This is a bad story about air travel, nightmares, videos of people posting and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so the one is air travel because these airlines, air traffic controls seem to not be fully staffed ever and they never will be. Um, and the other one is the fact that you can't go to any live event anymore without it costing your entire life savings to go to go to the event. Um, these tickets have gotten so unaffordable for anyone of average income um, to go to a concert, baseball game, fight, hockey game, football game. It's um, it's. These these teams and these events have have more than made up the money that they lost during COVID, and I feel like now it's just the norm that we've accepted that tickets to these events just cost an absurd amount of money, and people will just pay it. And people aren't mad about that because uh, there seems to be a uh, culture these days of well, it's okay because someone's getting rich off it. And I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a very, it's a very weird thing. Um, it, I, when I went to the last, uh, Boston pay-per-view that they had, not the last Boston event, they had a fight night. I didn't go to that one. I went to the previous one that they had when, uh, Stipe Miocic fought Francis Ngannou and Daniel Cormier fought, uh, Vulcan Uzdemir. And, uh, I paid. I think I paid. I paid somewhere between two hundred and two fifty, and I sat loge. I sat in the loge, not that's the lower level. I sat in the corner in the lower level. Those same seats. If I wanted to get those same seats for this event, those were going for like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I it, understandable that the prices would go up with inflation and all that jazz, but it it it's absurd. Um, and yeah, it's, it's never going to change because we're now all wired, uh, to think that all these events are supposed to cost stupid amounts of money and, uh, you should just pay it. And so that's just my side rant about that. And, uh, yeah, you all ruined it. You all ruined it because you could not 
could not bear uh, not going to a concert for one summer. So y'all paid a bunch of money to go the following summer. And now it's it's ruined. It's just, it's ruined. It's never coming back. And uh, yeah, the, the days of getting a good deal uh, the day before a game or whatever, they're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're gone. They're gone. I was hoping that I was going to get tickets to this event, um, you know, the week or so before. Like, oh, well, maybe people will buy it and they'll try to scalp it and then they won't be able to and um, they'll have to sell it for half the price. Nope, nope, nope. Tickets are just, are just as much or more expensive now than they were uh, when the f- tickets came out. And the card is worse. It doesn't make any sense. People are just buying the hype buying the hype they're gonna pay whatever price they can to get in the fucking building so that way they can take instagram stories and whatever and look cool and all this shit and i know i sound like a salty little bitch right now but i it's it's just it's so stupid the amount of money that they're asking for i mean it's like it's 450 to get in the fucking door and it, you know you're sitting in the way back you're not gonna be able to see shit it's just it's not worth it it's just not worth it at all if you it's one thing to pay 450 500 to go to an event it, it it's another thing when you're sitting in the way back but god oh okay sorry that was just that was about two years of pented up anger because you can't go anywhere you really you can't you can't go to any any sort of event anything any game any concert any nothing without it costing an arm and a leg these days and it's it's just it's ridiculous yeah we're, we're never we're never going back to any cheap tickets anything ah <sighs> okay well let's get into the car now after that um so obviously there's uh some good fights here on the prelims uh the tough finale uh that's 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 there on the prelims uh obviously i think that tough is a little bit of a this might be the nail in the coffin for tough. This might be the last tough finale, if I'm telling you the truth. If uh, the Conor McGregor really couldn't get that many eyes on it, um, just uh, not really a very entertaining season. And uh, I don't think that these finales are all that noteworthy. And the fact that they stuck them on some random prelim of a of a pay per view uh, tells you all you need to know uh, about what they think about tough these days but uh at the at the featured prelim uh is the return of chris weidman uh he's fighting brad tavares in the featured prelim on espn i think it's on espn i don't think it's on abc i think it's only on espn um weidman is uh coming off a two-year layoff where they um after he broke his leg and what was a terrible one of the worst injuries you'll ever see um hasn't fought since then uh that was actually the first event after covid um where they opened it up to the fans and or to a full house at least because they did some fights in abu dhabi that were in a controlled environment but uh chris weidman uh yeah coming back from a two-year layoff he's facing brad tavares um i actually really like chris weidman in this fight he's a big underdog and uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm betting Chris Weidman. Uh, I actually like a few dogs on this card, uh, believe it or not. I think that this is actually a pretty, at least interesting card from the betting standpoint. 
Um, Weidman being, he, I got him at plus 10. He might be back to plus 220 somewhere around there. I, I, anyway, he's around, he's hovering around plus 200. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, Tavares is coming off of two losses. One was to Driscus to Plissus, so, you know, you can't blame him for that one. But, you know, he's older. He's long in the tooth as well. Um, you know, I, I think if Chris can get it down to the ground, um, he can he can have his way down uh, on the ground with uh, Tavares. Uh, Tavares may not be able to offer much resistance in that regard. The issue for Chris, though, is that, you know, what did two years off and being 39 years old, what how is that going to look? Um, so I didn't put too much on it. I put about half as what I would usually put because <laughs> you have to take that into consideration. Um, but I think if all goes according to plan, I, I think Chris can, can definitely, Wyman can definitely take down, uh, Tavares and, and use his grappling. Um, even submission might be a good prop. Uh, I don't know exactly what the odds are on that, but, um, I, I would definitely consider that one or just straight up. I think he grind out a decision or get a submission win. Um, but yeah, if, if Chris Weidman can use his wrestling, uh, I think he can really steal a victory here. And I think a lot of people aren't expecting much from him. Uh, I think given the two year layoff and, and the age, but I mean, I think he's, he's given a winnable fight here against Brad Tavares, who is also a veteran, also savvy, but, uh, yeah, no, it should be an interesting, uh, featured prelim. Uh, it could also be very boring, but, <laughs> uh, that's just that's just my take on that. Um, and then starting off the main card uh, is another interesting fight. Another fight I, I, I like the dog in. Uh, Chito Vera is fighting Pedro Munoz uh, in a bantamweight fight. Um, I I like Munoz in this fight as well. Um, he's the underdog as well. I think he's around plus 170. Um, Chito is... I, I would feel better about Cheeto's odds if it was a five-round fight because he'd have more time to dish out damage. But it's only a three-round fight. And, uh, you know, Munoz hasn't had... doesn't have the greatest record. But, you know, he has a lot of losses uh, recently. But they're against really good guys. And they're generally close decisions. Um, and I feel like... If he is able to do what he was kind of doing to O'Malley before the eye poke, um, I think he may be able to beat Cheeto with that sort of game plan. Chopping down the legs, coming forward. I, th- I think he might just win just based off pure aggression. Um, obviously, he's got to watch out for Cheeto's throwing heavy strikes coming back. But uh, Munoz has never been dropped in his UFC career. So that's definitely going to be a test for Chito uh, to see if he can t- uh, crack that chin that uh, Munoz had. And he is 37 years old. He is 37 years old, Munoz. But uh, he hasn't really shown any signs of slowing down. Um, he's just, you know, maybe fought guys that are a little above his status. But, you know, Chito's sort of one of those, like, borderline guys of, like, elite elite or just sort of very good um. Yeah, I think that this is a winnable fight for Munoz, and I, I, I it, it, it would be better if it was a five round fight for uh, Cheeto. Uh, he'd have more time to dish out damage, but I, I think in a three round fight, I think Munoz is just gonna be a dog with a bone, and he's gonna, he's gonna just be the out, out aggress, 
um, Chito to to a decision win. So I actually have Munoz, and I also have him by uh, decision as well. That was a uh, plus two twenty five. So that's a good fight. Another noteworthy fight uh, on the main card: Neil Magny and Ian Gary. Uh, Ian Gary, uh, obviously, probably one of, if not the most hottest prospect coming up uh, in the UFC, um, especially at 170. Uh, he's fighting Neil Magny. Originally, he was supposed to fight Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal pulled out last week. Uh, Magny's taking the fight on about a week's notice, so uh, props to Magny on that one. And uh, it's an interesting fight because it's now it's a completely different fight than what Ian Gary was preparing for. Uh, he was preparing for, you know, uh, Jeff Neal, who's much more of a power puncher, much more of a guy that's going to, you know, stand stand in the pocket and trade with you. Uh, Neal's more of a... It, it, that would be a more exciting fight probably on paper in this regard. Uh, Neal is more of a sort of grind you out, clinch you up, um, you know, have a dirty boxing match. Um, not something that Gary really wants to have. Gary's more of a kickboxer, you know, Muay Thai guy, you know, wants to fight from distance. Um, so it should be an interesting clash of styles uh, in the style in the in the striking department. Um, it's it's a big test for Gary. Uh, Magny's been around the block. I feel like Neil would have been a bigger test just given the power in that Ian Gary has been chinned before. I don't think, you know, Magny's not really knocking anybody out. So if Magny's going to win, he's going to win in a grind it out, you know, make it a boring, ugly fight. Um, so in that regard, it is interesting because it's a completely different fight than what Ian Gary was preparing for. But I'm high on Ian Gary. I think he's going to, uh, I don't know if he'll be the champion at, at 170, but I think he's uh, probably going to at least challenge for the belt at some point. Um, so I, I'm going to pick Ian Gary here. Uh, I I don't like the uh, odds on it. He's too big of a favorite. Uh, so I actually, if I was going to play money on it, I probably might would throw some money on, on Neil Magny. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, clash of styles. I will say that. Um, but I don't think Ian Gary's going to run through Magny. Uh, that would be incredibly impressive if he did do that, because no one really does that to Neil Magny. Um, you know, even when he was getting battered by Shavkat, he hung around until the late late second round before he got submitted. So, you know, it it is a it's a tough task uh, to put away Neil Magny, but. Ian Gary, man, he's he's pretty good. I think I, I see him grinding out a decision win. Um, it may not be the prettiest fight. It may be boring at times, but I think uh, Ian Gary's going to put it together. So I'll pick Ian Gary in that fight. And then uh, in the co-main event, we have uh, the women's uh, strawweight title fight. Uh, Zhang Wei Li is fighting Amanda Limos. In a fight that's kind of getting overlooked, I feel like it's because... Uh, and this is kind of a good thing. We're having some new blood here at uh, 115. Um, it's been like the same five women fighting for the f belt the past, I don't even, six, seven years. <laughs> um, we got Zhang Wei Li in her second title reign. This is her first title defense of her second title reign. Um, 
so she'll be facing Amanda Limos, who, uh, like I said, new blood, new challenger. Um, I think this has the makings to be fight of the night. Um, it's getting overlooked, um, probably because of just what seems to be the status of women's MMA these days. Not a lot of hype behind, behind uh, either division, or any of the divisions, I should say. But um, I, I, I actually really like this fight. The more uh, I see highlights and, and clips and all that, uh, Limos, very uh, aggressive style, and so is Zhang Weili. Um, notably, Zhang Weili is very aggressive. Um, I think these two are going to stand out and trade, and I think eventually one of them is going to go down. Um, so I, I actually kind of like the number on Limos. Um, if I was going to bet it, I wouldn't sleep on her. Um, she's got some power. She's got some pop. She's got some finishing ability. And, you know, Whaley has been finished before. So, you know, you got to give her a chance. Uh, I, I just think that Whaley is going to be a little too much for her to handle um, at this stage of the game. Uh, you know, this is sort of jumping in from the frying pan and into the fire uh, with a with a champion like uh, Zhang Weili, but I, I do think it's going to be an entertaining fight as, as long as it lasts. And I, I, I like the, uh, to not go the distance prop. I will say that definitely would parlay that, uh, with something else. I, cause I think there's going to be a finish and probably, probably a fast one, probably either first, second round. Um, cause they both get after it. And then obviously the main event, the fight that everyone is talking about, Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling. Uh, a lot of people think this is going to be a blowout, uh, that Aljo is just going to take Sean down um, on his first try in the first round, and he's going to pound Sean O'Malley out, or he's going to submit him. Very possible. Uh, I will say I don't think it's going to go down that way. Uh, I think... It's going to be a little bit more tactical, technical. Uh, I think it's going to be more picking picking the shot. I don't know if, I, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining fight. Um, I think it's going to be very uh, cagey, very standoffish. Um, I think both guys are tactical. I think both guys have high fight IQs. And I think that's going to show. I think O'Malley knows that he cannot let Aljo get in tight on him. I think he's going to do everything he can to keep that distance. And I think Aljo is going to do whatever he can to make sure he's not getting picked apart on the outside uh, while he's out there. So it's, I, I don't think, I, I think Aljo is going to end up being too much uh, for O'Malley at this stage of the game. Um, I just think he's too big. He's too strong. And it's just hard seeing anyone at 135 being able to handle that grappling. Um, but I will say I wouldn't count O'Malley out. He's, you know, got pinpoint accuracy. And, you know, Aljo's been knocked out before. So um, I would take Aljo. I'm going to take Aljo. Uh, I think he gets it done somewhere around two or three, probably three. I think it's going to go a little bit light. I think it's going to be a little bit more feeling out, a little bit more picking your spot. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining fight in the world. I think it's going to be a lot of staring at each other, at least what it'll seem like to 
you know, the untrained eye, I think there's going to be a lot of fainting, a lot of level changes. Um, Aljo seems really like he wants to punch a hole through O'Malley's face based off. I just, I just saw the press conference um, right before I recorded this. Uh, he seems like he's ready to go, like he wants to prove a point. And uh, that's a dangerous guy, obviously, when you have someone as good as uh, Aljamain and he's fired up and motivated. Um, but, I mean, he can't sleep on O'Malley. I mean, he's gotten this far with everyone doubting him. And, you know, yeah, you can definitely say something about his strength schedule, but, you know, he went in there with a pretty much having fought nobody and jumped in there with Piotr Jan, and regardless of whether or not you think he won the fight, uh, you can't doubt that it wasn't close, uh, that it was, that it was close, uh, and he, he hung in there, I mean, he took a beating, he dished it back, um, and it was a crazy-ass fight that was razor-thin, a razor-thin decision that really could have gone either way, um, so, you know, you can't count him out, he could shock the world here, he could beat, he could beat Aljo, but, I feel like people got the read on this wrong. I feel like people think that it's either going to be Aldro takes him down and submits him or Sean catches him with something quick. And I, I, I think there's going to be a little bit more uh, trepidation. I think it's going to be a little bit more uh, feeling it out. I think both guys respect uh, what the other one is good at. And I think that there's going to be a lot of feeling it out, not committing to anything too much because like i said one mistake and the other one's gonna gonna take you out so uh, that's my uh preview for uh ufc 292 uh down in boston uh, i hope anyone that's going has fun uh i i wish i i wish i could say the same i wish i could say i was going but i'm not um i sorry about that little rant there at the beginning mark but you know it is what it is uh but anyways take care everybody have a good night.